No other book has so profoundly impacted so many lives as the Bible. Welcome to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. Today, we see what amazing thing happens when the Ark of the Covenant is moved into the temple for the first time and how Solomon responds. We hope you'll join us as Pastor Daryl continues in 2 Chronicles chapter 5 on Simply the Bible. Since the Garden of Eden, God has desired to dwell in fellowship with man. Now, sin interfered with that plan and presented the need for man to be reconciled to God. When the children of Israel left Egypt and arrived in Mount Sinai, God gave Moses the plans for a tabernacle or tent where he could dwell among his people. The people could approach God by offering animal sacrifices to atone for or to cover their sins. Centuries later, David wanted to build a permanent house for the Lord. But it was Solomon, his son, whom God chose to complete the project. It took Solomon seven years, but now the temple in Jerusalem was built with all its furnishings. Only one thing remained to make it complete, the Ark of the Covenant, where God dwelt among his people. We continue today in 2 Chronicles chapter 5. So all the work that Solomon had done for the house of the Lord was finished. And Solomon brought in the things which his father David had dedicated, the silver and the gold and all the furnishings, and he put them in the treasuries of the house of God. David had given much gold, silver, and precious stones for the building of the temple. These were now the extra treasures of David that remained. David was so invested in the kingdom of God that he left wonderful treasures for future generations. Now Solomon assembled the elders of Israel and all the heads of the tribes, the chief fathers of the children of Israel in Jerusalem, that they might bring the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord up from the city of David, which is Zion. Therefore all the men of Israel assembled with the king at the feast which was in the seventh month. So all the elders of Israel came, and the Levites took up the ark. Now this was a very important day, and Solomon wanted to assemble all the leaders to partake in it. David had moved the ark of the covenant to the city of David, which is also called Zion, south of the temple site. There he built a tent for it. But the rest of the tabernacle had been in Gibeon, about five miles north of Jerusalem. Now everything would be brought together into one permanent temple that would be the house of the Lord. So they gathered in the seventh month during the Feast of Tabernacles, which was the Autumn Harvest Festival. Then they brought up the Ark, the Tabernacle of Meeting, and all the holy furnishings that were in the tabernacle the priests and the Levites, brought them up. Also King Solomon and all the congregation of Israel who were assembled with him before the ark were sacrificing sheep and oxen that could not be counted nor numbered for multitude. Then the priests brought in the ark of the covenant of the Lord to its place into the inner sanctuary of the temple, to the most holy place under the wings of the cherubim. 
But the cherubim spread their wings over the place of the ark, and the cherubim overshadowed the ark and its poles. The poles extended so that the ends of the poles of the ark could be seen from the holy place in front of the inner sanctuary. But they could not be seen from outside. And they are there to this day. Nothing was in the ark except the two tablets which Moses put there at Horeb, that is Mount Sinai, when the Lord made a covenant with the children of Israel when they had come out of Egypt. The Ark of the Covenant was the only original tabernacle furnishing put in Solomon's temple. Everything else was newly built. They offered innumerable sacrifices. Now, this was important for atonement, for without the shedding of blood, there can be no forgiveness of sins, and the wall of separation between people and God remains. The priests put the ark in the most holy place under the cherubim. These two cherubim stood 15 feet tall facing the door to the holy place with their wings spread out and touching at the tips so that they covered the entire 30-foot width of the inner sanctuary. They overshadowed the ark with its two solid gold cherubim facing each other on the mercy seat or lid of the ark. Their heads looked down as if to gaze upon the covenant, that is, the Ten Commandments that were within the ark. Even though they would no longer be moving the ark, they left the poles in it. The poles could be seen from the holy place where the priests would serve daily and were still in the temple when Second Chronicles was written. The Ark of the Covenant was designed to hold the two tablets with the Ten Commandments inscribed in the stone by God. Later, the jar of manna and Aaron's budding rod were placed inside the Ark. These demonstrated God's miraculous provision of food and selection of the priests. But now the only thing that remained in the Ark were the two tablets. In the end, it isn't the supernatural miracles that endure, but the everlasting Word of God. Jesus said that heaven and earth will pass away, but his words will never pass away. The same is true in our lives. Supernatural experiences are wonderful and they confirm our faith, but it is the word of God that is the rock on which we stand. And it came to pass when the priests came out of the most holy place, for all the priests who were present had sanctified themselves without keeping to their divisions, and the Levites, who were the singers, all those of Asaph and Heman and Jeduthun, with their sons and their brethren, stood at the east end of the altar clothed in white linen, having cymbals, stringed instruments, and harps. And with them one hundred and twenty priests, sounding with trumpets. Indeed, it came to pass, when the trumpeters and singers were as one, to make one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. And when they lifted up their voice with the trumpets and cymbals and instruments of music and praised the Lord, saying, For he is good, for his mercy endures forever, that the house, the house of the Lord, was filled with a cloud, so that the priests could not continue ministering because of the cloud, for the glory of the Lord filled the house of God. Now, as they came together, the Levites with the musicians, the singers, the priests, 
they were as one, just praising God, saying, for the Lord is good, his mercy endures forever. And it was in this oneness of worship that suddenly the Shekinah glory, the cloud presence of God came in a visible way and dwelt in their midst. Now, obviously, God approved of their new temple and also their praises and took possession of his new home. How wonderful this must have been to witness. And you know, it is interesting that when we do come together for worship and we are praising the Lord together, it's amazing to me how when we all get caught up in the worship of the Lord, how easily we set aside our differences forgetting about them and just worshiping God and how the Lord's presence just settles in his love, his grace, his mercy as, as we worship him together. And you know, that's what it says in Psalm 22, three, but you are holy enthroned in the praises of Israel. And I just love it when in a worship service, we just sense the Lord being enthroned in the praises of his people. Now, the presence of God so filled the temple that the priests couldn't even minister and they couldn't remain in the sanctuary. We do many things to minister to God and to others. We do our best. But when God shows up, he overwhelms our activities and we are caught up in his wonderful presence, goodness, and glory. And that is truly wonderful. Then Solomon spoke. The Lord said, he would dwell in the dark cloud. I have surely built you an exalted house and a place for you to dwell in forever. The dark cloud to which Solomon referred was what appeared on top of Mount Sinai. The Lord spoke audibly the Ten Commandments from this dark cloud, and it was so terrifying that the people begged Moses to go up and talk to God and then to come down and tell them what he said. They didn't want to hear the Lord's voice anymore. But now God was dwelling with them in his house in Jerusalem. Now, when Christ dwelt on the earth, he was God's temple because he said, destroy this temple and in three days I will raise it up. When Christ died on the cross, the veil hindering access to the most holy place was torn in two, signifying that now we have full access to God at any time through the atoning blood of Jesus Christ. Moreover, we are now the temple of God. No longer do we have the spirit of fear as they did when God appeared on Mount Sinai, but God has given us his spirit who dwells in us and cries out, Abba, Father. Then the king turned around and blessed the whole assembly of Israel while all the assembly of Israel was standing. And he said, blessed be the Lord God of Israel who has fulfilled with his hands what he spoke with his mouth to my father David, saying, Since the day that I have brought my people out of the land of Egypt, I have chosen no city from any tribe of Israel in which to build a house, that my name might be there, nor did I choose any man to be a ruler over my people Israel. Yet I have chosen Jerusalem that my name may be there, and I have chosen David to be over my people Israel." Now it was in the heart of my father David to build a temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. But the Lord said to my father David, whereas it was in your heart to build a temple for my name, you did well in that it was in your heart. Nevertheless, you shall not build the temple, but your son, 
who will come from your body. He shall build the temple for my name. So the Lord has fulfilled his word which he spoke, and I have filled the position of my father David and sit on the throne of Israel as the Lord promised. And I have built the temple for the name of the Lord God of Israel. And there I have put the ark in which is the covenant of the Lord, which he made with the children of Israel. Solomon realized that he had been able to complete this great work because the Lord had fulfilled it through him. David wanted to build the temple that God wouldn't let him do it. Instead, he told David that his son Solomon would build it. And now God had completed through Solomon that good work he said he would do. Do you know that the Bible says that we are God's workmanship created in Christ Jesus for good works that he prepared for us beforehand that we should walk in them. And the most beautiful thing is to know that God can fulfill his will in your life if you just are willing to let him do it. If you'll just surrender your life to him and say, God, work in me that good work you want to fulfill in me. Here I am, Lord, and surely he will do it and fulfill that good work through your trust and obedience. And there's just nothing more wonderful than that. You've been listening to Simply the Bible, the Through the Bible teaching program of Pastor Daryl Zachman of Calvary Chapel, Treasure Valley. For more information about our church, please visit our website at calvarytv.org. To listen to previous episodes, go to 941thevoice.com or check out our iTunes podcast. Tomorrow, we will see where Solomon dedicates the temple by praying that the Lord's eyes will always be open and his ears attentive to the prayers made in it. We hope you'll join us as we continue in the book of Second Chronicles on Simply the Bible. Simply the Bible.